Hello, I'm John. Hello. <laughs> and I'm Jeremy. And we're brothers. We are separated by an ocean. Yeah, we are we are blood relatives. Uh and, and we're 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 disappointed. We're disappointed in a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Kick us off. What are we disappointed in first? Um well, we were just talking about the pandemic before we started the intro, sure. and I think that's that's that, that's that's the biggest that the U.S. the U.S.'s response continues to be, um, what's the technical word? Really shit. Yeah, um, yeah. There are people dying, and that's bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, generally, greed to be bad. Mm. Yeah, right. And most people. I, th- I think we should all agree that people dying is bad. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and the the president, um, the 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 outgoing president, um, is is still doing you know nothing. Um, hasn't had a public appearance in six days, besides showing up to Arlington on Veterans Day to say nothing, just just to show up, um, and then went back to his um, his bunker um, to 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 mope, to to send his lawyers to do frivolous litigation. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Who knows what he's doing? And you know what? I will, I will say this. It has been great. It has been great <laughs> not to think about what that guy is doing. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't care. I don't want to know what he's doing anymore. Yeah. Can finally mute him on Twitter. Um, if, if people haven't done that already, they should. <laughs> hmm. um, but uh, I'm actually, I'm really hoping... Like once he's once he's out of office, the first time he breaks the terms of service of Twitter, I hope they ban him. <laughs> they just they just strip away his platform, and they're like, "Sorry, dude." You know. You're, well, you know, there, there there's a lot of speculation about what he does post presidency, which we know how there there's a countdown. There is now a number yeah. of days where we know he's not going to be there anymore. Uh, but but it's a lot of uh, speculation about does he have his own sort of media empire? Does he try to like have uh, Trump streaming some sort of service where you know he he gets his supporters to give him money, so and then do uh, uh, rallies or some shit? Uh, maybe uh, I don't think we should care. I think the only time we should be paying attention to Donald Trump at all after you know, January 20th is, you know, when's his day in court? If right. he has one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know there's still some, from what last time I was reading about this, there is, there's still some court cases in the Southern district of New York and in mm-hmm. which he's being prosecuted. Um, he's still individual will, one. He's yeah, individual yeah. one. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what the what the Biden administration releases and what they pursue in terms of not just against him though. Like, I mean, imagine if they pursued every Hatch Act violation, mm. which they should, because they, you know, other, you know, elected officials broke the law. Lindsey Graham broke the law when he asked his supporters for money while standing in government property. Like that was illegal, and there are no consequences. Like. Then we don't we don't live in a country that is defined by the rule of law if they do nothing, right? And it's so. it's aggravating because it's the same people that scream law and order. Yeah, this, no. this is law, this is law you. And order you for did some, this. Nothing for me is what is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But but anyway, we're we've I'm sure we will discuss all of this in great length at uh. some point. But we we veered off topic of the actual yes. coronavirus. So yeah. Trump is doing nothing. So what do we do? You know, yeah. and I mean, and we can we can only do what is being asked of us, which is limit interactions and wear a mask in public. Yeah, and we all we can't all agree on that. No, we can't agree on the, the the basic thing. Putting cloth over your face is some sort of uh, horrific sentence. Mm, a violation of my constitutional rights. So what it is, you know, because that's definitely in the constitution that you don't have to wear anything on your face. I, I'm an originalist and it definitely <laughs> says that you shouldn't put cotton over your face in the constitution. No, no cotton. Oh man. Yeah. I guess that's what people have to do. I mean, if the government is currently continuing to be an abject failure, it is up to the people. To, to do it and it shouldn't be I mean it, it, it does take a coordinated response 
to 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 solve these problems. Um, but they the government has failed. The Trump administration has failed. And what we have to do is do what we can to keep each other safe. Wear a mask, stay distant, you know, stay inside. The the thing that's confounding to me about that is that um we we're we're self-governed. Like the the failure of the Trump administration, the failure of any administration is a failure of us. We did it. Yeah. Because we picked these people. We we can't all it, it, it is very difficult in a country of 330 million people to get everyone to be on the same page, which is why we have a government. We have a government to execute the collective will and for for the common welfare like Governments exist to do the things that we are too lazy or too disinterested to do. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. We, and we tell them, we can't all handle this. There's too many of us. We can't all handle this on our own. You do this and you make sure it gets done. And they can't. No. It, it, is, it is a completely ineffectual organization. Yeah. And I think that I, in some ways it's also been, I mean, the Trump administration... Is, is like par excellence and effectual, which is terrible for a pandemic. But um, I, if you just contrast, like Jeff Sessions got got nothing done. He he was he was a terrible attorney general. The current attorney general is also terrible, but he's effective. He's getting things done which are terrible, but because he's competent, he's getting he's getting these these terrible policies he's breaking precedent because he knows what to do um i don't i don't like bill barr i don't know he's he's an objectively bad person yeah and he he sort of presents himself as this sort of like uh soft-spoken you know uh, golly gee can't we all just Mm -hmm. yeah i i don't know if if i agree or disagree with that and no, he, he has very strong feelings, uh, but he at least has the self-awareness to where he can't say all of them, but mm-hmm. they're, but he, I think they're getting to that point. And I think we yeah. would have been that, at that point if this election had gone differently, yeah. where they could all just say what they're thinking, because apparently it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter if, if Donald Trump and his, his ilk and his gangsters are, uh, horrible uh, racists and misogynists and you know uh, oppressive fascists. It doesn't matter because seventy million people will still vote for them for some reason. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's the other thing that is uh, is quite disappointing at this time. Was, we had an election. Was, we had we had an election um, in the middle of a pandemic, and the 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 greatest turnout ter- per capita since like nineteen oh eight. Or something like that. I mean, it were, I mean, in some ways, good for democracy. In other ways, seventy million people voted for a guy who is breaking all democratic norms and breaking down institutions and wants to be a dictator. So, not great <laughs> for democracy. Yeah, seventy um, million be- people either either cast a vote uh, for fascism or obliviously a cast a vote for fascism. Which. Were they were they in a coma for like the last four years? I don't know how you could be oblivious to some of these things. I mean, well, because there's this media, the media ecosystem that is that is a propaganda machine for for a, an, an a extremely conservative far right, you know, voice uh, and, and interpretation of of reality. But seriously, like. Well, I think that there is still a contingent, and probably mostly, I, I would, I would offer the the supposition that probably um, most of the people who don't vote or who who traditionally don't vote who just don't pay attention, and it is very easy to disengage and think n- nothing is significantly changed. It doesn't really matter who's in power because. Uh, my my life doesn't change significantly, and I think for you know a, a decent number of Americans, that's that's true. And that 
my my life as a straight white guy hasn't significantly yeah. changed under Donald Trump. But you know what? The world isn't really all about me. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is I think you're absolutely right. Like for those in America who have power because of their status, whether you know, being white, being male, being straight, being this sort of like norm that we've operated with for so long. Like, yeah, people come, people go, your power doesn't change until it does. And then you get really upset and you vote for the racist who's going to protect your power. <laughs> and it, it, it's, also, it's also disappointing that, that people like me uh, either choose to uh, maintain that power structure or disengage from it entirely when, you know, uh, our situation isn't really all that great either. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's, it's, it's bad that uh, the, the, the keys to uh, being middle class in America are increasingly expensive. Oh yeah. Um, education, healthcare, home ownership. Like these, these are impossible barriers to break through for a number of people, including people like who, who are like me. It's easier yeah. for us, yeah. but they, there are still a great number of people who live in poverty or at the edge of it. And who are just sold the lie that like, no, hang on to what you have because other people are coming to take it away. Yeah, be a, be afraid of the others. They want they're they're coming after your your fragile state, as it were, um, rather than having this sort of which is what like AOC and Bernie talk about. That you know, we we it's an economic message that can combine with a a, a racial reconciliation message message because like the poor white farmer or the poor you know working class white person actually has so much in common with the poor urban black person or latinx or whoever because they share so much of that fragility and it's this this uh professional class or elites i don't know what you want to call them the people with the money who don't actually necessarily need to work anymore because they have capital the capitalists yeah maybe we should just call them what it is they're the capitalists (laughs) Um, and they, you know, they can, if they keep us on the bottom fighting each other over racial grievances or other things, then they can just keep making their money and keep having the power. Ludocrats. <laughs> Maybe ludocrats, ludocrats yeah. is the word, the word you were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Marx was right. Can I say that? <laughs> you can say whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, like those, those who who do have like true, true wealth and are not middle-class, but, but can, can use the system to increase their own wealth. And I mean, sometimes they're in politics, like these senators who sold off so much of their stocks before, because they had inside information about the coronavirus. That doesn't seem ethical. No, it, I mean, I think, yeah, like if, I mean, Mitch McConnell is going to do shit about it. So we have to win these uh, these runoffs in Georgia. Um, Mitch McConnell does shit about everything. Yeah, I, 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 I do. I do want to <laughs> let you finish that. I do want to let you finish that point. And this is maybe something we should talk about in the future. But yeah, yeah the runoffs in Georgia is more important. But I think it's more important that we uh, uh, go ahead and follow through with statehood for the District of Columbia. Oh, absolutely, and Puerto Rico. As well as Puerto Rico, who yeah. if the, if they want it, because they just had a vote, and fifty two percent of the the people who voted voted in favor of becoming a state. Is that entirely uh, necessarily reflexive of the entire? I feel like it's 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 a more complicated situation than I yeah. am fully versed in yet. Yeah. But it, it is something worth talking about uh, in the future. But anyway, you yeah. were saying something about Mitch McConnell and how he's a shithead. Yeah, I mean, just the the most awful man. Like, talk about a guy who has systematically pursued personal and party power over over principle. Like, you know, when and there are when, there are none, there are none. And what does the Republican Party do now that their platform can't be? We're going to support the president. They don't have a platform. No, they don't. No, well, I think there's also reflected in the Trumps Trumps campaign never had an agenda for the second term Mm. like when you don't when you don't have things you want to do to better the country you just hold on to power you don't come up with things to do 
you know, and you let pandemics rage. And then 70 million people voted for it. <sighs> yeah. And that is supremely frustrating because there is no vision for the future of the country. It's just like, hey, we're going to let the tax cuts keep on rolling. And that, and that is it. That is mm -hmm. the only thing he believes in because that's what people, I, I don't know, it gets, it gets some people excited or something. It's, it's like, it, I mean, it's almost like the only thing they have left to believe in is some sort of trickle down economics without any of the other morality sort of that Ronald Reagan represented or had. Like it, it is literally just, we're gonna make the, the rich wealthier and in their generosity, they will create things beneath them. But even that structure, like if you think about that structure, you know, is all about making sure there are wealthy people at the top and that they're protected which is an oligarchy. Like trickle-down economics is just a fancy way to talk about oligarchy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, can, can we not move on from it? Can we not move on from this, this model that we've been trying for, what, 50 years? 40, 40, well, yeah, yeah. He was elected in the 80s, so yeah. Um, it, it, it was already being articulated in the 70s. Yeah, 50 years. That's a long time. Can, can't we just decide, like, hey, this didn't work out. Like, we still have poverty. Maybe we should try something else and abolish poverty. And, and, and through, through the collective will of governance, like maybe we don't entrust our futures to the people who have been amassing wealth for those 50 years. Maybe we yeah. entrust our future to ourselves. <laughs> My wife just walked into the room. Sure did. <laughs> yeah. Um, she would be in total agreement, um, if I can speak for she, her. She should jump in, in one of these sometime. Yeah, right now she's taking her of the kids because, you know, we, we don't have uh, child care. Can't afford it. <laughs> no, that's, that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> no more children. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to abolish children. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, but uh, no, I think, yeah, like, there's no reason to trust the rich. Like, they're in it for themselves. They they don't care you know you know I, I think that's uh, also a topic <laughs> that it would be worth exploring at another time but yeah there there is a sort of uh uh abdication of power to uh, philanthropy to, to these yeah. ideas that like hey uh the, the 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 rich will save us the rich will you know continue to donate to uh, education and to health research and, you know, whatever, like sort of pet projects that they, they like to shield their assets in. And yep. if, if they're going to part ways with the money willingly, I say that they part ways with it to us. And we will decide what to do. With, 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 with sort of medical research or how, yeah. how we how we put it into education no it sounds like you're talking about higher marginal tax rates oh yeah i mean that's yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, 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 is, that is not a yeah, uh, radical I don't, idea <laughs> I, I don't think it should be should be so uh, taboo to or, or or radical to suggest that you know if there was a redistri redistribution of wealth, we would all be better off for it. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about where the money goes right now to, you know, the, the, the sort of um, philanthropic projects that, that the wealthy like to give to, it further entrenches their power into, yeah. like, it, it, gives, it gives people like... Um, Mark Zuckerberg, I'm not sure which, which I think he like gives money to, to some sort of like education institution or something. And uh, he should have no say in how children are being educated, but by giving money, he gets a pretty significant say in what happens yep. with that money and how, how children are getting educated. He should be so far away from that. And I think the yeah. like, I, I think like the larger point I was getting at here is that we can do 
more. We, we can do better things with that money than they can. Mm. And people uh, will, will go on about like uh, wasteful government spending and this and that. And I think that uh, people need to keep in mind that government is not a for-profit industry. Mm-hmm. Whatever they, whatever they revenue they get in taxes, they're going to spend. And if they have too much, they won't. They give it back. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can do we can do more good. Like, and that the wealthy would be better off too. Like, yeah, if if they, if there was a tax and the tax went to universal childcare, guess what? You have people showing up to work more often because they don't have to leave work to take care of their kids. Yeah. They wouldn't have to, to call in sick because no, they, they, they lost a babysitter or one of their kids is sick and can't go to school. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's when you, like, when you, when you hollow out the bottom of, of a society, like the, the people on top, if there's a collapse, they, they don't survive either. Like, so it is, it is in their own interest to make sure that there's a healthy, substantial, growing base of, of people who are, who are able to live and able to prosper and able to function well in a society. Because like, if, if that doesn't happen, there's revolution. There is. Like, and there should be. <laughs> it would be justified. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and it's just like so they have they have to. It seems like they're trying to. I mean, if I if I were Mark Zuckerberg, um, I would feel like a terrible human being. But if I, <laughs> if I stop giving know. away our elections, stop it. <laughs> um, I'll try, guys. <laughs> I should get all deadpan. I'll, I'll try. Yes, 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 Senator. Um, uh, no, but um, like. I would want to figure out how much do I, can I donate to assuage like the, you know, make sure there's no revolution, but also make sure there's no collective identity forming where they would, you know, come and get me. I mean, no one's going to come, no one's going to come get you if you pay your taxes. And that's the thing. If, if the, if the base, if the working class, of a nation is taken care of, then those with power don't really have to worry about them, them, the working class coming after them because the working class is provided for. They have things yep. like uh, secure jobs and economic freedom to do things that they want to do. Uh, they, they have uh, childcare and education and the potential for uh, home ownership. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have to worry about, you know, uh, what, what if they get sick? and need to have extended medical care like these are things that create a more stable society and you know maybe you don't have a billion dollars anymore but you got a hundred million yeah that sounds pretty good to me (laughs) yeah i'll take a hundred million bucks it's fine (laughs) if someone wants to give me a billion dollars and i get to keep a hundred million of it cool Cool. yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) absolutely no it's uh like the thing that the thing that really gets me is like so because I've lived I've lived in Europe now almost ten years, where I've never had to worry about if I got sick, like you know it it, it I would be taken care of like it, and I wouldn't I wouldn't go bankrupt because of it, and the 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 anxiety that I hear in in people who live in the U.S. about about that issue is just so startling to me because like Belgium figured it out. Belgium is a country of 10 million people and they figured it out. The, the UK, like they're doing things here that are, that are very sort of reminiscent of, uh, of America though, which is not so great, but still, but right currently, like, you know, country of, you know, 60, 70 million people, they figured it out, you know, and the larger your, insurance pool is as it were the the easier the system is to to maintain so america has a lot of young healthy people who could obviously hold up a universal system in a in a in a really good way and like to not be afraid and also it's like to not have your health care tied to your job like 
it's it's extremely backwards it's yeah. extremely backwards because if you lose your job you lose your health care so not only do you not have the uh, the the option the, you don't you, you don't have the the uh, service of having this health care provided you also are not have you don't have any income coming in to see a doctor if you need to yeah and being sick is sometimes um, grounds for termination in some kind, if you're sicker for a long, which is just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, uh, anyway. Um, well, you know, I, there, there was, there's been this, this erosion of uh, work, workforce rights, specifically for things like collective bargaining, mm-hmm, where, mm-hmm. And, and again, it's, it's, it's the thing we keep going back to we have a, a better chance of having a more secure society if we are all work together, working toward a common goal. Yeah. But with, and without, uh, the, the working class only stands a chance to maintain the, the sort of a, a status and security that, that we have, what little we have left by banding together. And if we don't have those those rights to collectively bargain, then it's then it's one against the the corporation. Yeah, and that that's not a fair fight. You know, like corporations will you know like oh no, we look out for a workforce, human resource department. Human resource departments work for the corporation. They're not there to provide any sort of security to a workforce. Yep. So the the only solution is for the workforce to say like no we're gonna do it this way or all of us are gonna stop showing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the union is a like something that yeah it's been hollowed out in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It has been for I mean a long long time. Um, and yeah, you know these these sort of organizations are you know, vulnerable to corruption, like any sort of organization, which is why you need an engaged political class or, 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 or like everyone needs to be part of the political class and engaged because mm-hmm. well, without that engagement, you do see that erosion and it's self-fulfilling where, you know, the, the majority of people say, okay, this doesn't change anything. My life isn't being effective. This is only making things worse. I'm disengaging. Yeah. And that it's just uh, the the snowball rolling down the hill, yeah. Until yeah. you until you get a game show host <laughs> who says he's going to bring your jobs back, yeah. Elected into an executive office. So let's talk about the winner of that election. Yeah, Joe Biden. <laughs> One Joseph R. Biden. This is middle initial R. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's his middle name is Robinette. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I would have guessed Rodrigo. <laughs> would you? No. <laughs> yeah. And after, you know, after this, this Democratic primary, where are we now? Great contenders. Some great contenders. Yeah. I was feeling good for the first couple of months. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Joe Biden was the Democratic nominee, which... All right, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's not yeah. great. It's fine. <laughs> it's like he, a, it's like a diet coke. It's uh-huh. fine. It's fine. I mean, like you think it's fine, <laughs> then you take a sip and then you spit it out. Like, what is this? <laughs> take this away. This is plebeian. <laughs> yeah. No, and uh, yeah, no. Uh, he wouldn't have been my first choice. What, would have been your second. Um, <laughs> would have been your third. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. But um, what what I thought was really admirable is even like the, the progressive wing, like defeating Donald Trump was more important than infighting, and they did it. Like, yeah, Donald Trump will no will no longer be the president. Um, mission accomplished. Hooray! <laughs> Yeah, um, it's funny because that, that that phrase came into American political sort mm. of consciousness by George W. Bush when after the invasion of Bad, Baghdad, and uh, we're still there, guys. Yeah, 
Mission accomplished. We did it. We just gotta we just gotta stick around for a while. We gotta make sure it's years later. We gotta make sure it stays accomplished. Oh man. Because accomplishment is a process. Yeah. Not a conclusion. Anyway, yeah. So but yeah, no, so he won. Um, you know, and it looks like he'll win by the greatest popular vote margin since FDR. Um, which is also, you know, huge. And I guess it does say 70 million people voted for a white nationalist, but more people, you know, and, and significantly more people voted for, you know, Joe from Scranton. The, 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 not, <laughs> the, the guy who's not a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. You know, high bar there. High yeah. bar. Um, but um, what's, I, I was looking at some of the other stuff and AOC and, and, and Bernie have been, have been, noting this and i think it's really important to note like not a single house democrat and the democrats did lose some house seats but they kept the majority but not a single house democrat who signed on to medicare for all lost their seat Mm. not a single one you know and they were and they were targeted like you know they spent the republican party spent like 17 million dollars in aoc's district to try to unseat her which is like that's literally throwing money down the toilet like what like, I, I hope that i hope they do it again next year like i hope they do it again every year like good waste your fucking money yeah um and then and but and and um the 98 people who had signed on to the green new deal only one of them lost so like you know bernie points out bernie pointed out these numbers and i was like it's they're not just good policies they're good politics and i think the progressive wing is growing in the house um it will be, there's going to be some very interesting party politics that happen inside the Democratic Party um, now. And who, what, what is the makeup of Joe Biden's cabinet? Um, who are chair people um, in various House and Senate um, if we, if the Democrats win the Senate? Um, who are the various sort of, you know, chair people of various committees who set agendas and whatnot? But like, I think. The antidote to Trump isn't, and Trumpism isn't some sort of like return to five years ago. No. It it has to be something else because Trump was produced and won under those things that were happening. Like he was, you know, so you can't go back to what created Trump. You have to go beyond to to make sure it doesn't happen again. And like the progressive policies that are being put forward I think make would make would make make Trump less possible. You know, Elizabeth Warren's thing on corruption, Medicare for all, where people aren't fearful. Like people, I think people are so afraid. And Donald Trump, for some reason, was reassuring to them. Well, but, he he told a lot of people what they wanted to hear in terms of like we're we're gonna get you your jobs back. We're going to, you know, make make you economically secure. And I think that's how he won as many votes as he did. And I'm sure there, there are plenty of, of racists in the country who were voting with him strictly along those lines. But I think we, when you get into, you know, uh, I believe like uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, like I, I choose to believe that most of them are not racists um, mm-hmm. and that they align themselves with Trump on the promise of we can make you secure again. Mm-hmm. But I think what gets, what they didn't understand was that they're not going to be made secure again in the way that they were made secure 40 and 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are not going to, you know, reopen the coal mines and the steel mills and the auto, yeah. the, the auto manufacturing shops. Like that's not how we're going to, have economic security going forward. And I think that needs to be part of the messaging of progressive politics where you say like, we, we can make sure that people have jobs and we can do this very quickly by moving toward uh, strong, um, immediate infrastructure rebuilding mm-hmm. and renewable energy. And we yep. can start doing it right away. Yep. And it's, it's going, it's, I think you need to be honest about it. There's going to be a period of transition where it's going to be awkward, uncomfortable, um, 
and probably just just some plain suffering on some people's parts as we transition to these things and it sucks but this is what we need to do to have a more secure future and a better planet to live on yeah 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 i saw a report um one of these like alternate energy um electric people like one of these blogs um so i'm I, so that's the source so it's you know it's 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 a credible one uh but um but you know maybe grain of salt whatever um but that it was like it's now cheaper to build new wind and solar utility scale farms than it is to keep a coal plant running i've i've heard similar things to that as well yeah um and it, you so know, like, it, it, you know, it might make uh, economic sense for utility companies and such. And the the principle, I think, sounds good in a soundbite. I don't think we should care if it's cheaper or more expensive. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's it's just like this, this is the right thing to do. If it costs us a little bit more money, fuck it, do it. But if the government and the the market can be pushing in the same direction, like mm. then it does happen faster. Um, and I think what Joe Biden was talking about, like ending the, and I think it was it it, it it was a noticeable shift in climate politics, where he even even he, as it were, this you know moderate sort of dude, um, was like, yeah, I'm going to end end the subsidies to the oil and gas companies, in that in that final debate, he just he just said it, and I was like, oh, you know, they they spun the Republicans. Why was that treated as such a gaffe? Like, good. Yeah, we should well, not be. Like, we should not be paying people to light our planet on fire. Right. And I think that's the shift in the climate politics that that you know Joe Biden's campaign was aware of and was moving on. Was this you know like it's it is good politics to talk about like we don't need to be for the oil and gas companies anymore. Like hmm. they're rich enough. <laughs> it's it's done. Um, and uh, I think that, like, so, like, with a, if the market is moving in a renewable direction already, and you end sort of the government propping up of the oil and gas industry, and you shift that to, you know, investing in you know infrastructure that is that is green and renewable and all these things, you could yeah you could produce a lot of jobs, high quality union jobs uh, quickly, um, which would be great. So yep. All it really takes is a will to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and like the difference, like I'm, I, to just to zoom out a little bit, I think about how a progressive, like infrastructure policy on this issue would, mm -hmm. would like align with a progressive foreign policy agenda. Because imagine if you didn't have to care about the oil in the Middle East. Mm. Or you didn't have to care care about you know uh, uh, Iranian oil or Russian oil or how the oil market is operating because you don't need it. Like yeah. Iran is being is being mean. Well, All tell them right. off, you know. <laughs> and but you out. don't need you don't need to invade them. Um, and you can like the, the whole geopolitics would shift. In this really fascinating way, and I, you know, it would be really interesting to. I, I haven't thought. I haven't. I don't know nearly enough to to know where it would go. But it would be. It would be a. It would be a change on the scale of how the the geopolitical realignment after World War II, mm. like where the the old empires of of Britain and France and Germany were done, like, you know, the India declared its independence. Uh, you know, Austria, Australia, Canada, you know, South Africa, all of Africa. Um, but that, that huge realignment that happened. Um, yeah, it was, it was well, a shift away from this, that sort of like Eurocentric planet. Yeah. Became an American and American and Russian sort of sent, you know, the two poles, you know, but. Uh, yeah, waving their dicks <laughs> at each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the good old days. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I really hope that when this is all said and done, though, speaking of, you know, waving dicks in Russia, you know, the P tape comes out. Oh, my God. No, I don't want to <laughs> see it. I don't. 
there, there are other things we can use to shame this man. Uh, so much, so much. Uh, I do, I do want to. There's, there's one other thing that I wanted to, to raise. I wanted to ask you before we, uh, we, we close out here. Does a middle class even exist? Is the middle class real? Doesn't feel like it. No, and, and I, I think um, I kind of like laid down some some defining characteristics of what, what, how how to get to middle class, and that's you know, college education, uh, healthcare, and home ownership. You know, aside aside from possibly education, well, I, I suppose healthcare, but like home ownership doesn't really mean much, like. Mm-hmm. They, they, you, you claim some ground is yours and you pay taxes on it. You know, and, and a college education, you know, in the end is a piece of paper. And the same thing you go get at a public library and some dedication. I, I may, maybe healthcare is the only real thing there because you don't have to worry about if you get cancer because you're mm. taken care of. But I, I don't know. I, I, just, I just found myself wondering the past few days, like, there's, there's, a lot of chatter about the middle class and, you know, especially in the election, which, which way the, the middle class is going to go and, you know, white suburban voters and, and these people, um, how they're going to vote and where their interests align. But it's it just making me wonder, like, what, what is, what is the real difference between someone who is middle class and someone who's living in poverty because the the distinction seems razor thin mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. one paycheck yeah like yeah for some people um for i think that, 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 if, can't, that can't be middle class that can't like no you can't qualify that as middle class as like if you miss a paycheck it throws your entire economic stability yep. into upheaval that's not stability. I, no, it's not. And if you think of like long term, like those who like your your a house is only an asset as long as the housing market mm-hmm. um, values your house more than what you owe on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like home ownership is a risk um, for 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 the middle class. Um, and there are. We we should we should we should bookmark that for a future episode because I think there there is a a lot to discuss about um, these generational differences in, in uh, economic stability, mm-hmm. and that you know our parents bought a house in uh, the early '90s and they pay like uh, seventy thousand dollars for it, and now it's worth like, over two hundred thousand. Uh, I bought dad was that, dad was estimated over uh, close to three hundred. Um, I, I bought. Uh, I've owned two houses. Uh, I bought a house um, during the big during the Great Recession, which is the, the first of the two our generation is going to be living through. Um, <laughs> and I, I bought so I true. bought it, it. It was you know it was, it was uh, one hundred fifteen thousand when I bought it, and ten years later we turned around and things had recovered. We sold it for one seventy five, and then we bought the house we live in. We're paying two seventy five. I will not sell this house for more than what I bought it for. Mm. You know. Like the 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 sort of um, exponential growth of the housing market, I don't it's think we're going like to we're we're not going to see that sort of level. Where, you know, you you sell something for three times the amount you bought it for. No, yeah. Except in maybe very particular areas, but then that's not housing; that's speculation. Mm. You know, um, but uh, yeah, we um, we can't we can't treat home ownership like an investment, which I think what you were was what you were getting at. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and a lot of wealthy people haven't done that for decades, you know, mm. like, um, it's not the way that you build generational wealth, um, which is their, their main, usually their main concern. Um, well, you know, I, I think that there, there is a method of building generational wealth through home ownership. I don't think it's, it's maybe not as reliable maybe not as strong as it used to be but you know mm-hmm. maybe when if me and does die in this house you know tomorrow next year whenever it's it's going to happen soon is what i'm getting at <laughs> i'm going to be dead soon um 
the, the, the girls will get the house and they'll, they'll either choose to live in it or sell it, in which case they will inherit some money and they can use that to then uh, buy their own houses and keep on passing down. There, there are ways to, yeah. And I'd like, and, and the, the, the homestead act, you know, yes. back, um, yeah. you know, which that, was on the ballot that, again in Florida. Like, or I'm, not, update. I'm, I'm not talking about uh, in, in the state of Florida. I'm talking about what, oh, when in was general. It, like, after, Sorry, after, after world war two or something. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. It was alongside it, the GI bill. Yeah, the, those things that yeah. they they were like using to build a stable working and middle mm-hmm. class and deliberately excluded black people. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, those sort of things helped to build the yeah. the, the wealth of the white working class yeah. back then. Um, there's a, a fantastic video about this by Phil Vischer, who whose claim to fame is he's the creator of Veggie Tales. Oh, but he did this whole like 17 minute video about racism in America and particularly like the aspect of the generational wealth being denied to black families mm. um, because of racist policies. Yep. It was, <laughs> yep. and it was Bob, it was the voice of Bob the tomato. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bob the tomato, talk to me about racism. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, cool. let's, let's address the real issues here. <laughs> Right. So, but um, no, no. Yeah. I think that you're right. Like it's still a path, especially for those whose families have never owned, like who don't have that, you know, asset that can be passed along in an easy sort of direct way. Um, and, uh, and being denied that has been a way to deny those families um, power, wealth, money, you know, everything that goes along with that. Um, but it is a lot less stable than it once was. Mm. Yeah. And it will continue to be with climate change. Like, yeah. you know, will Florida be there, you know, in, in 80 years? <laughs> no idea. So I told, I told mom and dad that. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, like, this is, this is why I'm voting the way I'm voting. You know, so that your grandchildren might be able to inherit something in the state you live in. <laughs> mm. so, and, and, I, I'm planning for your deaths. That's <laughs> why. That's why I'm voting blue. <laughs> oh, so man. yeah, I, I think that um, to to circle it all back around, like that, that's the. I I don't feel good. Uh, I don't feel enthusiastic about a Joe Biden presidency, but it's, it's something that I was willing to vote for Mm -hmm. simply because there is a political party that says, no, climate change isn't real. And if it was, we're not going to do anything about it. Like there, there are, there are greater stakes than, um, race-based power structures. You know, there there are the, the the fate of the planet is in serious jeopardy. So, and at least Joe Biden acknowledges, acknowledges that, real. and and is is willing to, is willing to take steps to combat it. Yeah. Um. Through through executive action at the beginning of his term, which uh, it's going to be. I I really hope that on day one, I mean, it would be a lot of work, but they could do it as on day one, essentially, because Trump, the only thing, one of the only things that the Trump administration's got done through the legislative branch was that tax cut, which is terrible. But most of the way that Trump has governed has been by executive order. Um, How that makes him different from a king, no idea. Um, And why the Republican Party likes him, like, Anyway, there, there's huge issues that we should explore at another time in that system. But um, like, but what Joe Biden can do is essentially come in, hit the reset button, and it's like it's November second, you know, 2016, <laughs> for for a lot of things. Which is is I'm mean, that's such like a vice president to Barack Obama move, you know? Like it's mm-hmm. like, you know, Obama's like Trump is destroying my legacy, and Biden comes in. I got you, bro. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if we just reset the clock? Yeah. 
to November so, 20, 2016 and just get a mulligan on these four years. Yeah. Well, I would, I would say end of, you know, end of October and we just stopped James Comey from publishing that freaking letter. Hmm. Like, anyway, I still don't like the guy. Or, or, or you know, <laughs> uh, February of 2016 and we just talk uh, people into like, Hillary Clinton's a bad candidate. Bernie's yeah, your yeah. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. I just no, keep yeah. on revising it until we find the, the central <laughs> nexus point. Oh, well, man. I think um, uh, something else to discuss uh, maybe on, on a future future recording. Um, but just as a, some a closing thought here, you know, it, it didn't it didn't feel good to vote for Joe Biden, but we did what we had to do because uh, we don't have another place to go. Mm-hmm. You know, we you have to you had to vote Democratic because the Republican Party is actively attempting to uh, destroy the planet, and they're actively doing it by doing nothing, by by just continuing the the, the sort of like fossil fuel centric economy. And it would be nice. It'd be nice if we had someplace else to go, something else to vote for. But but if like if if Bernie, for example, just decided to run as a third party candidate, and and we voted for him, we would have been handing the keys back yeah. to the Republican Party, who yeah. don't give a fuck. No. No. And we, we that, and that's the situation we keep finding ourselves in, where we have to vote against something rather than for something. And it's annoying. Yep. yep. I changed my my Twitter profile, uh, my bio after after Biden was announced um, as 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 winner, um, whatever day that was in election week. <laughs> um, um, but from like angry and hopeful because I, I was I was I was hopeful um, because there are more and more people talking about this and pursuing and. People like AOC and Bernie and others um, have have a platform now to to make you know to advocate for change. But I changed from angry and, and hopeful to determined and hopeful because the fight is the fight is not over. And mm. you know it was against the Trump administration, you know before. It will continue to be against these these goddamn Republicans <laughs> who who want to sell America down the river. Uh, for personal power, um, and it will it will also be to push and keep pushing and the and pulling the Biden administration to the left and to a, to more progressive. Yeah, and, and you know it is the most quote unquote progressive platform of any modern democratic president, but it's not enough yet. Like, nope. So we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we have to keep pushing. And we have to we have to keep advocating for the things that will make the world uh, a better place and America a better, safer, more stable, more just, and more fun, fair country to live in. So, or or be the a end. <laughs> the end for now. <laughs>